Hey friends, Jacqueline here. Based on all the amazing things we are seeing happen online, we are predicting this is going to be one of the busiest seasons for e-commerce ever. Are you ready for it? No matter what stage of business you're in, the one thing we do know is you need to show up and create content that actually matters to your customers during this 2020 holiday season. But wait, you may be thinking, sounds great, but what do I actually say to them without being salesy? Don't worry, friends. We've got you covered this holiday season. Introducing 101 plus content ideas beyond the discount 2020 edition, a bundle of tools, prompts, and video training that helps you create content this holiday season to reach out to your customers beyond just offering discounts, which is uber important to having a profitable Q4. This is created specifically for you to use during this 2020 holiday season. So what's included? 101 plus content prompts to be used on social media, emails, and in live videos. Three months of edible calendars filled with daily content ideas for marketing in 2020 quarter four. Monthly checklists for 2020 holidays to inspire content and calendar prompts. Five holiday plug and play scripts that will help you show up easily on video to stand out from the big guys. And this is one of our favorites, the easiest way to have a 12 days of holiday sales or a cyber month sales worksheet plus video trainings and so much more. If you want to check it out, make sure to grab 101 content ideas beyond the holiday discount 2020 holiday edition. We wanted to make this holiday season as sweet as pumpkin pie that we are practically giving this away. Head to holidaycontentideas.com right now. And let's make this your most profitable holiday season ever. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. And introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey everybody, Jacqueline and Mina here, your co-hosts of the Product Boss Podcast. Today, we will be sharing a conversation we had with a fellow female founder. You see, we believe women helping women is what the world needs more of. Introducing our female founder episodes, where we interview fellow female entrepreneurs and highlight their small business. Our goal is to shine a spotlight on product businesses to encourage our community to support each other, learn from each other, buy from each other, and lift each other up. So let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Female Founders episode. We are going to talk about narrowing down your handmade products with Sarah Cornwell, the founder and designer of Sarah Cornwell Jewelry. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. So happy to be here. We're so glad to have you. And thank you for bearing with us as you got to see all of the behind the scenes of the Product oh, Boss Podcast. The the scenes. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah, tell our listeners um, first, just what your business is, Sarah Cornwell Jewelry. So we are a very small group of five women. Um, I have a home studio. Um, we're right outside of Philadelphia and 
we've been working to get, well, I've been working for about 20 years. My team's been growing for the past probably about five years. And we design and create jewelry for women who are busy with their busy lives, a lot of moms, a lot of older women um, who are just out and about in the community. So jewelry that can go with you all day and kind of just blend in with everything. Your jewelry is beautiful. And we both have a pair of your the pounded uh, earrings. What are they called? BB. Those are by far our like most popular earring. Yes. They're so great. (laughs) So where do you currently sell? So we have an Etsy shop and we also have a Shopify and we also do some wholesale. And actually a lot of, a lot, probably 30 to 40% of our customer base comes to my studio to shop. Oh, really? In person? Yeah. So in person, because you do have in Doylestown there, you have a a local following, but you just started your own Shopify site. When did, right? When did that happen? Just in April. That was kind of like a, uh, the pivot and (laughs) that we were listening to you guys. And we opened our Shopify store as soon as everything kind of shut down, all of our shows were canceled and the stress kicked in of like, I have people I have to pay and things I have to cover. And so we thought this is going to be our COVID project and we built it and it was awesome. It's a beautiful website. Yeah. And for it being your COVID project, let's say quote unquote, right. You really have picked up a lot of business from Shopify. Haven't you? Like what, what are the months? What, how's it been going? It's kind of crazy. I don't know where it's weird to say, I don't really know where the people are coming from because like we're averaging like eight to 10 a month on there. Um, And it kind of started right from the beginning. So I don't know if they were like, maybe it was just the fact that now our local people felt more comfortable because they weren't shopping on Etsy and they felt like it was more in touch with us. And it, it didn't put that middle person in between, which was helpful because I used to get texts like several times a day, placing orders and I was running back and forth. So now we just really push everyone towards our Shopify and there's a pick up local button so they can just pick it up at my door So I'm guessing that's where the orders are come from, but then we have orders that will pop up from like Florida or Canada. And and so I'm not really sure where that's coming from, but we're not complaining. Did you send out a, did you send out an email initially? So when, um, because so you've been in business for 20 years, you've done all sorts of things, right? You've done done everything. What have you done? What are all the things you've done? (laughs) A lot of in, in person markets. Like there's a little market here called like rice's market. That is like a flea market. And that's, so I, well, I actually, I started when I still lived in Arizona and I was in grad school for social work at ASU and started, you know, working a little bit here and there. And then when I got married and started having a baby, you know, decided to have kids, I said, I want to be able to work at home. And so I took this a little bit further. So like every few years. Um, so it started with me doing like little tiny markets in Arizona. And then I moved back to the Philadelphia area and then would go to these little tiny flea markets that I mean, we did, I did really well. I'd have to be out there at like five in the morning. I'd be like pregnant, like standing on boxes to keep my feet from freezing. Um, and I still have cut, that was like, I don't know, eight years, nine years ago, 10 years. And I still have those customers. So it really worked out um, from doing little tiny craft share shows at like a church. Um, we've done, I feel like I've done everything. So what point did you make your first hire? Cause now there's a team of five. You're, you're still making, it's all still handmade right there in your studio. Mm-hmm. But when was that first hire that you made? 
So my sister actually joined, but this was a while back um, and did, we do a lot of personalized jewelry. So we kind of have like our everyday pieces that we make several, like a, like a mini collection. And then we have our personalized pieces. She joined me um, probably in like 2000 and it was 2008. And she worked with me for about 11 years. And so I always kind of had her to help, but she was very limited in what she did. And then um, she just really loved the personalized. So she focused on that. And then I think I kind of had like some interns come in and out and some friends kind of come in and out. My official um, person was probably about three years ago. Amazing. So, you know, 17 years into your business. Yeah. (laughs) It was crazy. I don't, I mean, like literally I would sleep. I I mean, like, and I'm still kind of like that. I'll sleep like five or six hours um, and I'll just be whatever I'm doing. I'm like, got my phone on and I'm just working. Like I love, I love working. Yeah. And it's, you know, you found those pockets of time because you also, like you said, you were having kids and you were doing in-person. And I think that's sometimes we fall into our, because the easiest thing is to go by a calendar. And when markets happen, they give us a very easy calendar to go by because we just stick those, you know, into our calendar. We're like, this is the plan. Well, when 2020 happened, the plan was like, well, now what? There is no plan. So luckily you started working with us <laughs> and, <laughs> and now we are really helping you come up with a plan, which includes tapering down that collection because there's lots of happenings because you've kind of just um, gone off that plan of it's in person. Let's take some stuff to the booth. Let's see what people are loving. And that was kind of the plan, right? All, all so along until recently. There was no plan. that's really what my plan was. And it was really like, yes, I would just sit down and I could make 30 pairs of earrings and not put any thought based on what sold the week before and no thought. And it was really fantastic. Honestly, it was very easy, but I couldn't grow. Right. Mm -hmm. Having a business (laughs) is not that easy. Right. So yeah. yeah, So Sarah's in the top mastermind with us. Um, and so let's talk about really what you've sort of started doing. So you, you got the website up and, um, and now you've been narrowing down the products that you sell. So tell our listeners a little bit more about that journey for you. Yeah, that's a hard journey. Like if anyone out there is out there, like with their handmade products and just feeling like, if you narrow down, you're going to lose the creativity. I mean, that was my struggle so much was that I wanted to be able to sit down and just create what I wanted to create, you know, based on my mood or something I saw on, you know, whatever traveling or TV or whatever. And I sometimes struggled with feeling almost like a fraud. Like I'm not an artist because now I'm making the same necklace 10 times. Like that's not fun. So I hired people to do that. (laughs) So I just get to do the fun part and do the design. They reproduce. I mean, I still have to do it, obviously, sometimes to get orders out, but I get to really focus on the design and have the design make sense Um, where before I would just, when when there were so many designs, I didn't know who I was making for. Mm -hmm. Um, I was all over the place. My question, I guess, is so, so you've been on this journey for a little bit. And, and I think some of the stuff that we've been working with you on is what sells on Etsy versus maybe what's selling on your Shopify site, right? Yeah, that's a, oh, that stresses me out. That's going to be my hot seat question. So get ready. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it now. And so the idea here is like, you sell a lot of personalized, right? On Etsy. And then a lot of ready, ready made uh, everyday wear collections on your Shopify site. So you're almost dealing right now with two different customers. But what is one of the things that you did when we, when we talk about narrowing it down, but I want our listeners to really start to think through their product category. So you said that you used to be just like designer 
on a roll, you're like, oh, this is cute. And this is cute. And I'm going to put this up to sell. And you were just kind of doing all the things. So, so as you've been changing that, are you designing collections now? Is there someone in your office? that's like, Sarah, hold on. This is what we're, what you said we were going to do. What's happening. I have two really great organizers right now that are like, seriously, like roll their eyes at me now, which is great. It hurts sometimes, but I'm like, they're right. (laughs) I can just put it in the bucket and save it for later. So we're trying to figure out how I always like over the last probably four years, I started doing like collections. We tried it twice a year, but it was like 50 pieces. And then we're like, okay, we'll stay at 50 pieces, but do it once a year. And then it was still too much because you can't advertise and market that much. Plus we would still have like a little bit of mini collections or like our every, like our um, go-to collection that would stay kind of all around. It's, it's really taken me a long time to like slowly figure this out. But the goal is to have things in collections that do retire, create a sense of urgency that things are not there forever. Um, which is like the people pleaser. I want it to be there forever. I don't want someone to come back and be disappointed. So I bend a lot and that's not good. Um, And I'm trying to work on that too. Don't you think though, I know. So there's a part of us all that gets torn, even as a creative entrepreneur. And we feel like, ooh, you know, you're, you're leaning more towards the designer side. But I do think though, that when we start to narrow our focus or we start to think in the idea of collections, I love how you do it because you're really, evolving it to what works for you as a team as well and not that it has to be a certain way. But do you feel like having that sense of structure actually is giving you more creativity or is it giving you less creativity? No, you are exactly it's crazy. And if you told me this like even a year ago, even even last like November, I would have said no way because um, I thought the creativity almost came from the chaos, like the chaos, like would motivate me. And now like I can actually think and like follow through and market. So it has left so much more room to think about like, what is the need versus just like, Oh, let's throw this out there and see if it sells. And then it doesn't, or, or it sells, but I only made it once and I can't make it again. And so I just put all that time into one piece and now it's gone. Like I, 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 there's nothing left. So having that, being able to bring money in. So like having many collections where there may be like 15 of each piece and knowing that there's still money coming in has let me be able to focus on the next collection, which is like such a gift. And I never would have believed if someone had told me that ever. <laughs> How often are you doing your collections? So right. And that's, that's really what I'm struggling with right now. So we are, I'm trying to figure out, do we do one big collection um, a year and then kind of let that go for the whole year? Do we do mini collections and kind of come in and out? Um, that's where I'm really struggling with. Um, I'm really not sure how to do that. Um, I feel like I'm working really well with a schedule. So I'd almost like to plug in somehow to the calendars three months or six months. I'm not, I'm really not sure. Yeah. Typically for everybody that's listening, um, a collection rolls out, you know, spring, summer, fall, winter. However, the thing that the divide that happens with Sarah's business is the fact that she has two different um, customers. One is who's pretty much local. You, you created that created that whole thing based off of local people, which don't usually fall into seasons. They fall into when do markets happen, right? Yeah. They fall into 
I'm going to a craft fair and I'm going to buy this, you know, and that's typically the Etsy person. They follow the holiday calendars instead of a fashion calendar. And then, but as we're moving, kind of seeing what happens because your Shopify store is very new and I think it'll become more clear. So just some reassurance there that it will become more clear, but what is the percentage of uh, revenue coming in? You don't have to tell us the exact revenue or anything like that, but is the Shopify coming to the, is it making its own share of revenue for you? You know, I, we looked at those numbers because I was surprised. I was very surprised. I didn't know, but it's about the same. It'll, it'll kind of vary. One will go up by a thousand and then the other one will kind of go up by 2000 and then back down. Um, so like at this point, I think it would be really hard to get rid of one and focus, but you're right. It's so new. So who knows? Mm. Who knows? Um, we still link all our Pinterest, like a lot of our personalized will still go to Etsy. So we're just trying to remove, you know, change pins over. And so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it is split, right? So think about that for everybody who's listening. Since April, you have built another platform and we never say to get rid of Etsy. We mm-hmm. say to add to it. You've built another platform and it's basically doubled your revenue. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the octopus arms. I love when yeah. you have octopus. I'm like, yes, it's a different arms. <laughs> uh-huh. We have yeah. an episode about how we, we talk about, fu- people talk about funnels, for example, when it comes uh-huh. to service-based businesses. And we talk about as a product-based business, um, octopus. So like you're going out, you're reaching, you're grabbing new customers from different platforms. So that's what you're doing because you were in front of the Etsy customer. They have their own traffic. They have their own algorithm. You have an algorithm, obviously, because you've been on the platform for so long. And then Shopify was, was it through your email list initially? Did you let the people? Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that maybe it's like Shopify is the, it's like the question right now is where are the local people going? Are they going on Etsy or are they going on Shopify? I think they're all on Shopify. Okay, great. Yeah. So, so that's really pushed that. It might be really interesting to add text messaging onto your to the way that you contact if you did it to your locals. That's a great, I, I, do you like that? I always struggle. Like I'm like, am I going to I love it. Uh, There's a couple of people that stay in my texts and there's some that don't, Mm -hmm. but you could always try it. Like whenever we give any suggestion to anyone, it's always like, just try it and see if you like it, but it could be a local thing or for extra VIP stuff, like early releases. Because great idea, you know, because that's where like the locals, that's what they they had access to you before. And they're obviously like ride or die fans with you. Well, they still text all like, and I love it because it's like my, I love it, but I do get texts like all the time. Yes. You get texts already, which is why I do. That's a good point. I never, that's a great idea. Let's take it off your personal number though. Yeah. The one that's integrated (laughs) through Shopify and it's very easy to turn on is not your personal number. It's one that can be managed with you with a team, which, and it also can do car abandons, meaning that if they already put in their phone number and they, you know, jump ship, something happens and they don't finish their car, it can Mm -hmm. send them a text message as well. And this is seamless and easy and no brainer. And you can see what happens. And you aren't the one you can, there's a buffer between you, your personal phone number, even though they're local, because there's probably plenty of questions that your team could answer for you. Definitely. Def- yes. A hundred percent. And it is hard because I'll be doing family stuff and that's coming in and I can't oh, yeah. feel like 
It's that you have to answer. I have have to. you been saying the same thing to your family this entire time that we have through COVID? We've been like, just, just a couple more weeks, just another month, I'm just, I'm gonna, <laughs> yes. just another month and we'll be back with you. Yes. I swear and I'll then, help you homeschool these children <laughs> soon. And then I get to the point where I'm like, you want to have Christmas? You're going to let me answer that. <laughs> you know? like, how do you, how do you think mommy could afford all these toys that you keep yes, asking like, You want to go on vacation? You need to let me answer this and leave me alone. Yes. So, I mean, yes. and I have felt all of 2020. <laughs> yes. Cause we always, 2020 has been so weird. So it's just like, you almost feel like a sense of urgency yourself. Like what is my business going to look like at the end of this, which is why it's so important to have other people around you. And we're so happy to have you in the mastermind in that, you know, it takes a bit of focus because the chaos is not good for anybody, not mentally, not physically, not emotionally. And to have to run a team on that, it gets exhausting. And That's so exactly where I was, I mean, I have, and when I started listening to you guys, um, and then decided like I had to reach out and do something, that's where the point I was like, I, everything was a mess. Like my office was a mess. My books were a mess. Everything was a mess, my designs. And that's when I was like, realized that that was like holding me back more than anything else that was holding me back. And it's, you know, it's amazing too, because you've been 20 years in business, which is like, you've been successful. You've been able to keep a business going for 20 years. And that's sort of how I felt. Cause I tell my story often, but at 10 and a half years into my business, it's, I had a team of five too. And I finally was like, wait, I could get a coach. I could work with an expert. I could join a mastermind. All of that was things yeah. that, you know, I had built this business for so long in one way. And then my world changed the second I sort of surrounded myself with other female entrepreneurs. The second I found like a business coach that was like, she said the same thing to me. Like, do you know your, you know, your numbers? Uh, you asked me that. I'm like, no, why would I, why would I know my numbers? Why like, would I know what money I'm making or spending? Um, <laughs> well, yeah, so what's so funny for all of you listening is that sometimes we'll be in the mastermind call and we'll ask Sarah a question like, how much money is this Shopify bringing in? What percentage? And she'll look over at her team and be like, uh, 30%. And then they'll slide me left. Like I'll say the answer and be like, yeah. no, and it. she'll look at the piece of paper really and be like, no, I was wrong. Sorry. It's I was totally wrong. About 55%. <laughs> That's why you have a team, right? Yeah, um, I mean, they, and they are, they just hold me accountable. It, it's the best thing ever. And I think that's important, you know, as you grow in, and you are the visionary, you're the designer, yes, you're the creative force absolutely. in your business. And sometimes that needs to be allowed to live on its own, like it have its own force. And they understand that. And so when you get a really good team and we have that too, like Lauren and Sarah on our, we have a Sarah too, yeah. um, on our team, Lauren's like, okay, ladies, I'm going to put you within these like boundaries so that you uh -huh. can get done what you need to do. And then we'll move on to the next thing. We're always like, wait, you want us to stop? Like we were going to build five courses in the next week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. She's like, hold on, this is the plan. So um, I love that you've done that. And then, you know, for your business right now, so you've been narrowing down your products, you've expanded your um, platforms that you're selling on. Yeah. You know, your numbers, how are you, how are you feeling? Like, what do you see for Sarah Cornwell jewelry sort of moving forward and into the holiday season? <sighs> I see, um, so much more of me being able to be involved with the fun part of like the market. Like I do love the marketing too, and the photos and the coming up with ideas. And I feel like typically the holiday season comes and I'm like a mess. Like I'm not sleeping. I'm not working out. I'm like just out of my mind. And I feel like this year I might 
be organized and like be able to do giveaways and special promotions. And I'm happy to not be at the markets because I can be home with my family, which is what I want to be doing right now at this, these ages. So this is like, as hard as COVID has been, this has been like the best gift in my life, like ever, every, all of this, this whole thing um, with finding this balance and that I can make money and not have to be at markets all day. It's awesome. Amen to that. Yes. Yes. Amen to that thing. That is, it's amazing. And if you would have told me that again, like a year ago, I would have said, there's no way. Um, So it's, it's been amazing. Oh yeah. Think back to like March, 2020 markets were canceled and everyone was like, that's it. We're done. Mm -hmm. You know, what's going to happen. And and I agree with you. I actually also feel the same way about this year too. Like how fortunate we've been and like what growth we've been able to make. Cause it also took us all slowing down a bit and, and reprioritizing and paying attention. Right. Yeah. That's, I, that is the biggest thing and not running around like a crazy person and just trying to tie up loose ends, but like actually having a plan and being able to think things through it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, reconfiguring is, is literally what 2020 did to us, but it was more like reconfiguring, like, but while crying. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. Oh my gosh. That is so true. But I keep, but it's so cool to be able to say, like, I really think we will come out on the other end so much stronger and like so Mm -hmm. much more prepared. And I'm, and I think like all the businesses, right? Like if you, well, you either like gave up or you either like jumped in and just did it. And it's going to be so cool to see next year what happens. As long yeah. As I said this in a podcast episode and I feel like it was so profound. <laughs> well, you're so profound, Mina. So please tell us. <laughs> yes, there. <laughs> and it was because we hear a lot of people having this, you know, best year ever, their best months ever in their entire business. But we also see the other side of that, which is the businesses that might be going out of business, right? But though it might not have been a best year ever for everybody, it's also been a really important year for all of us, every single one of us in our own way. So, you know, that will manifest itself in, in different ways. So it will be, we're seeing what importance 2020 it has been to all of us. And so I think we'll see all of that come to fruition. It's, I mean, we really have yesterday was the hundred day mark of how many days are left in 2020. Could you imagine the amount you can get done in a hundred days? Yeah. That's awesome. That actually sounds wonderful. Yeah. Right. All the possibilities still to come. And you've already had such a fantastic year. So Sarah, this has been an awesome podcast. I'm so glad you were on with us. Would you mind sharing with our listeners how they can support you, buy from you and share your company? Yeah, of course. That'd be great. It's um, sarahcornwelljewelry.com. And um, on Instagram and Facebook, it's um, at sarahcornwelljewelry.com. Same thing. Is it Sarah Cornwell Jewelry? Just Sarah Cornwell Jewelry, right? uh, Sarah Cornwell Jewelry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, at Sarah Codewell Jewelry. They will remember that and we'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Hey friends, Jacqueline here. Based on all the amazing things we are seeing happen online, we are predicting this is going to be one of the busiest seasons for e-commerce ever. Are you ready for it? No matter what stage of business you're in, the one thing we do know is you need to show up and create content that actually matters to your customers during this 2020 holiday season. 
But wait, you may be thinking, sounds great, but what do I actually say to them without being salesy? Don't worry, friends. We've got you covered this holiday season. Introducing 101 Plus Content Ideas Beyond the Discount 2020 Edition, a bundle of tools, prompts, and video training that helps you create content this holiday season to reach out to your customers beyond just offering discounts, which is uber important to having a profitable Q4. This is created specifically for you to use during this 2020 holiday season. So what's included? 101 plus content prompts to be used on social media, emails, and in live videos. Three months of edible calendars filled with daily content ideas for marketing in 2020 quarter four. Monthly checklists for 2020 holidays to inspire content and calendar prompts five holiday plug and play scripts that will help you show up easily on video to stand out from the big guys. And this is one of our favorites, the easiest way to have a 12 days of holiday sales or a cyber month sales worksheet, plus video trainings and so much more. If you want to check it out, make sure to grab 101 content ideas beyond the holiday discount 2020 holiday edition. We wanted to make this holiday season as sweet as pumpkin pie that we are practically giving this away. Head to holidaycontentideas.com right now. And let's make this your most profitable holiday season ever.